Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. And putting on the brakes there at third is Destiny Gonzalez with a three RBI triple. To the pros. Handoff. Neal hit behind the line. Still fighting. Still spinning. He's in. Boom. Touchdown, Jayhawks. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. And Pham sends one deep into left field, and that one's going to fly. Tommy Pham, welcome back to the lineup. Brandon Marsh turns it around, a base hit to right. Real Muto will be waved home. Carroll's throw all the way in. Run scores, Marsh to second. 2-2. And a cold strike three, and the ball game is over. And the Arizona Diamondbacks have forced a game seven. Tight end in motion, shotgun snap, four-man San Francisco rush, a pass down the middle, caught Coleman, over the shoulder, touchdown, Jordan Addison. First and ten, there's the snap and a pass thrown laterally, 40, McCaffrey got a block, 30 down the near side, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Christian McCaffrey. Shotgun snap, they rush three, Purdy moves up in the pocket, throws on the run, it is intercepted, leaping two-hand, Viking interception. It's Bynum again! It's Bynum again! The Vikings are going to win it! From Javier, Seager hits a high fly ball, deep right field, a bomb in the first! Take it away. Here's the fly ball, hold on one second, back goes Bradley to the wall, and Adonis Garcia has hit another home run! Grounded a second, two years removed from losing 100, the Rangers have won the pennant! Happy Tuesday morning, everybody. It is the Morning Blitz once again on 1025 U-Rock, AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Of course, also online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. Glad you're with us on this October the 24th, 52 degrees outside. Currently on our way to a high of 69. Going to gradually see those temperatures make their way down. Temperatures going to get quite chilly this weekend and early next week, especially the overnight temps. Going to be quite cool in the area. Might even see a little bit of that white stuff possibly coming uh, early next week. Possibly. Uh, That's what it looks like, at least the weather forecast right now. We'll find out more in the coming days. But you can count on cooler temperatures uh, hitting here as we get closer, closer to Halloween, which, uh, what, is a week away from today? Yeah, a week away from Halloween uh, in the end of October. Uh, as always, you're welcome to be a part of the program. Hit us up on our text line, the number 785-899-2222. That's the number part of the Morning Blitz here on this Tuesday morning. Uh, today's show, we'll be talking NFL and Kansas City Chiefs with our good friend from Chiefs Blitz, Nick Athens, going to stop by the show. He's also got some exciting news about ChiefsBlitz.com. Look forward to visiting with him about that, so make sure you stick around for that interview coming up at the bottom of the hour. We will, it is Tuesday, we will rank something, and I think it's time to possibly look at our NFL power rankings. We did that, uh, golly, probably four weeks ago, and uh, things have changed. Things have changed here over since that uh, quarter mark of the season, so we're going to take a look and get our... Uh, uh, get our NFL rankings right and take a peek and see what uh, we think of the NFL teams right now after this 
week eight got wrapped up in the NFL. So that'll be our let's rank something coming up in our uh, final segment of the day. But uh, want to highlight what happened yesterday in the world of sports. Uh, kind of like a, it's a low, it's just a small little low point right now in local sports because we have, you know, the waiting for state volleyball uh, to to get going on Friday, and then we have, uh, of course, on Sat, of course, uh, Friday night as well. We'll have some high school football. There's some football on Thursday night as well. So we'll have a couple days here where it's going to be mostly uh, a little bit less on the local side and more on the national side of things, which is fine. Because uh, there's plenty of entertaining, entertaining things going on. I have a question, and hopefully people hit me up on the text line and answer this. How many people have watched the ALCS or the NLCS here uh, this year? The American League Championship Series and the National League Championship. Who has, who has watched Texas, Houston? Who has watched Arizona, Philadelphia? Has anybody else watched those games? Uh, thank you, listener Jared, for texting in and letting us know that he has watched. Uh, if you've watched, I'd just love to know, what are your thoughts on on this ALCS and NLCS. What are what are your what are your guys' thoughts on it cuz honestly, it's been really good, hasn't it? I mean, it's it's been highly entertaining. Highly entertaining to see these games and the storylines that just make it so interesting. Um first and foremost, um to me the biggest one and it, it could be concluded tonight with this storyline being the truth, but we'll have to see. But tonight is Game 7 of the NLCS, Arizona and Philadelphia. And last night, of course, was Game 7 of the ALCS with the Rangers winning handily 11-4 to over the uh, Houston Astros. But this is the point that the Texas Rangers two years ago, the Texas Rangers two years ago lost 100-plus games. You know who else lost 100-plus games two years ago? The Arizona Diamondbacks. They lost 100-plus games. And so if Arizona can find a way, which, once again, everything that the Diamondbacks have done from this fan here's perspective is that it's all gravy. It's all gravy. Everything they've done is just absolute gravy at this point in time. And so I I look at this. I look at this. If they're able to pull off a massive upset of Philadelphia tonight, that would mean that you'd have two teams that two years ago had lost over 100 games, and just short two years later could be playing for a World Series title. That, to me, is amazing. I did not know that. I did not know that stat, and I thought that was fascinating. I did not know that stat, but boy, I thought that was highly interesting. Uh, anyway, last night, once again, a dominant performance from the Rangers. Uh, the pitching was okay. Max Scherzer was eh. But Jordan Montgomery came in and cleaned up the mat, cleaned up a minor bit of a mess. But it was offensive production for the Rangers. They slugged four home runs, two from Adolis Garcia, who just continues to rake. Adolis Garcia in the last four games, folks, five home runs, fifteen RBIs. The guy is raking, absolutely raking the ball, uh, having a humongous, humongous showing. So Adolis Garcia and the Rangers on their way to the World Series. And then you've got a game, and then game six last night, which I did not expect. Look, last night going into the Philadelphia Arizona series, I thought Philadelphia is going to win this thing. Philadelphia is going to win this thing. They're back at home in front of the insane asylum, as I have so called it. Those crazy fans, and they're more than likely going to get a win. 
only to find out that Arizona goes back there and does exactly what they should have done in the first couple of games, which is hard to do. You don't know what to expect, but do exactly what you have to do again tonight. You have to suck the life out of that place right away. It has to be done in the first couple of innings. And in you've got to jump on them early and often. You've got to put a two spot, a three spot up, a crooked number up there in the first couple of innings. And then you work from there. That's my opinion. You need to go in there and you have to put up a crooked number right away in the first couple of frames. And then that settles everybody else down in the pitching department because you've got a little bit of run support. You're not feeling like, well, good Lord, if I miss on one pitch to Kyle Schwarber or Bryce Harper or Nick Castellanos or JT Realmuto or Trey Turner, that it's going to be gone. So that's the biggest key tonight. Once again, the Diamondbacks have to duplicate that again tonight if they're going to pull it off. I don't know if they're going to. I feel like it's Philadelphia that's probably going to get the win tonight, although I hope I'm wrong. I know there's other listeners on our text line saying they're hoping for a Phillies, uh, a Phillies and Rangers World Series. We'll see. We will see. Um, listener Jared has been hitting us up on the text line. Thanks you once again for listening, Jared, and bringing your um, he wants Phil. He's one of those guys that wants Rangers and Phillies. Uh, he gives the Diamondbacks credit. Did not see it coming. Great World Series, no matter who gets in. <laughs> Rockies and Royals need to take notes. Uh, yeah, I guess a little bit. You know, honestly, when I watch the Diamondbacks play, they remind me so much of that Royals team when they last won the World Series. A Royals team that didn't probably have the best starting pitching, but had, but the bullpen was elite when it mattered the most. You remember what was it? Wade Davis, Greg Holland, trying to think who else was in that bullpen for the Royals um, at that point in time, but they were just, they were dominant. And they call it HDH, like Davis, Holland, and, or Holland, Davis, and something like that. I couldn't remember what it was. Nonetheless, that's that's what I remember about that. Cause, and that's what it looks like for the, for the Diamondbacks. Then they get to about the fifth or sixth inning. It's time to throw the bullpen in there, and they've got three, four guys that they really like. And they use them. And so far, it's worked to this point in time. We'll see if it happens again tonight when it really matters in Game 7. Um, another texter chimes in and says, So what you're saying, the Royals have a chance with the two teams possibly making it into the World Series at 110 line? Yes. Yes, you do. You can turn around. Trust me. Me being Diamondbacks fan, I, didn't, I wouldn't have believed it either. But to see this team put it all together this year, which once again, as I continue to say, is at least, at least... A year or two ahead of schedule. This should not be happening for at least another year or two, more than likely, should Arizona be in this spot. This team is still very young with a lot of young players. And maybe that's why they're having success, because they're just like, well, you know, we're ahead of schedule. Let's just go out here and play and see what happens. There's not that much pressure. They still have some great young players coming up. Uh, That's sitting in the dugout right now, Jordan Lawler, who's just taking it all in. He's going to be the next big shortstop for the Diamondbacks, they say, although Geraldo Perdomo's been great in the postseason. I don't know where they're going to put him. But they've had, uh, maybe they're going to move him to third and and put Lawler at at shortstop, maybe put Lawler at third, I don't know. But nonetheless, side side note there. But I'm fascinated to see what happens here in Game 7 tonight between Philadelphia and, of course, uh, Arizona. That should be intriguing. I could see it being a game like last night where it's in where it's a pretty darn I, so I could see it being like a game like a game three or a game two or game four where it's pretty darn close and and you pull out a win by either team or I could see it being a complete blowout victory 
for Philadelphia. I think it goes one of those two ways. Either Arizona or Philadelphia wins close, or Philadelphia wins in a blowout. I think that's how the one of the two scenarios of this that that this, that this series ends up wrapping up on Game Seven. That's tonight at seven Central, six Mountain time. So anyway, it's just interesting. I wonder if people are watching the Major League Baseball postseason because honestly, it's been pretty darn good. And once again, it probably isn't drawing great for ratings. Um, and it'll probably be even worse if Arizona beats Philadelphia. The ratings for the World Series will be down. Um, and I admit, if the Diamondbacks weren't in it, I don't know if I'd be watching it that closely, but I have been because it's just been entertaining to me. And to see both games go to Game 7, and to see that Texas series between the Houston Astros and the Astros and Rangers go to seven games and not a single team won a home game, that's nuts to me. Home cooking and home field advantage is overrated. So that's that's fascinating stuff to me, but that... ALCS, or sorry, the NLCS wraps up tonight. Diamondbacks, Philly, seven Central, six Mountain Time. You can watch it on TBS. And of course, uh, they away the Rangers await the winner of that series, who've already punched their ticket last night with 11-4 victory over the Astros. Uh, also, last night, little Monday Night Football for you as well. Pretty good game, at least I think for mon- for what has become Monday Night Football standard of turds. Uh, pretty entertaining game. 22-17. The Vikings beat the 49ers uh, last night. Kirk Cousins, you know, who's always been kind of pretty bad in games, might have had one of his better primetime performances of his career. 35 of 45 for 378, two touchdowns, one interception. Here's the big stat. Not a single sack. Was not sacked. Was Kirk Cousins, which was huge against a defensive front for San Francisco that's pretty darn good. But they had and no Jordan, no Justin Jefferson. But Jordan Addison, the rookie from Pitt slash USC, had a breakout career game for him. Unfortunately, he was on my fantasy bench, but good for him. Two touchdowns, 120-plus yards receiving. Good showing there from, from him. But, the you know, Minnesota got it done. Got it done, and their defense held up. Got two interceptions out of Brock Purdy from the same guy in Cameron Lynham, or Cameron Bynum, excuse me. Got two picks last night, one, of course, at the very end. Brock Purdy, 21 of 30 for 272, a touchdown and two interceptions. Christian McCaffrey had uh, had two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving. As he continues to make his way towards a little bit of NFL history there with consecutive touchdowns in games. But man, I'm telling you, I, the, the big question I have following that game was not about the Minnesota Vikings, who looked fine, who, you know, I think probably wanted that game more. Be my guess. You know, you're two and four. You need a win, and they find a way to get one. And the thing was, you had to do it against San Francisco, who just didn't look as desperately hungry as they should have been, in my opinion. They just did not look as hungry as they should have been. And if I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan, or if I'm someone in the in the San Francisco sports media market today, my first question is. Has Brock Purdy already hit his peak? That that would be my first question. I'm not trying to throw Brock Purdy under the bus here. But I just I'm I'm curious. 21 of 30, okay, only nine incompletions, but two of those were interceptions. And by gosh, the last one he threw, my goodness. I don't even know where he was throwing it. It looked to be super high. There were a couple of throws he missed last night that were super high, and maybe that was on purpose. Trying to you know, prevent it from being intercepted, although one of them still got picked by Bynum, and that was the one that the game sealer. But that's my 
Um, that'd be my first topic today if I was in San Francisco. Be like, well, man, is Brock Purdy is is this is this little run over? I mean, the the Mister Irrelevant from the draft a couple years ago had a great rookie season, and now people are starting to kind of talk about him a little bit and give him some love. And he started off great. I think he had nine touchdowns, no picks through the first five games, and now. The last couple of games, more interceptions than touchdowns? That's what I'm curious about. I mean, that'd be my question. I don't know. Brock Purdy's been a great story. He was a very solid quarterback at Iowa State. Very solid quarterback. Probably the best quarterback that Iowa State's had in a long, long time. And had a lot of experience. I just don't know. Is this the is this the end of is this the end? Oh, Christian, diabolical take. Please, please elaborate. I just, I'm, I'm curious. Brock Purdy, is this, is this the high, is this the high point or low point of him? I don't. I mean, I'm sorry. Have we already seen the peak of it? I don't know. I know it's only two weeks in, and that's why you can't get too aggressive. But that'd be the. I'm guessing that's probably what people are saying in San Francisco today. I bet you it are. The last two games against the Browns, which once again a good defense. He's six in the MVP poting. Come on, Christian. MVP voting. Once again, when you're Brock Purdy, here's the thing. To me, an MVP is someone that if you take them out of the system, if you take them out of the system, so let's say you take them out of the game, if you take him out and you put somebody else in, the team completely falls apart. Do you think the San Francisco 49ers completely fall apart if they put in a different bat, if Sam Darnold comes in and runs the offense? I don't think they completely fall apart. You want to know why? Because they have Christian McCaffrey. Because they have George Kittle. Even though he wasn't there last night, they have Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk. They have other pieces. They have a good offensive line. They've got a good defense. San Francisco is a complete team. That's why you don't have to have an unbelievable quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers or something like that to, to, make, it, to make it work. You know, those guys who are out there putting together great offensive numbers with limited pieces around them. Those are the people that need to be considered for the MVP. They are. Brock Purdy is a solid quarterback, and I'm not saying that he's done. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this is this – is, I'm just guessing if, if I'm in San Francisco, this is what the topic is on Sports Talk Radio. Is Brock Purdy is – this, is this what Brock Purdy is going to be like more? Is he going to be more of a turnover man than he is going to be a, a playmaker for us? We'll see. We'll find out. I don't know. Nonetheless, 22-17 last night, Monday Football, San Francisco 49ers lose their 5-2. Let's just look up Brock Purdy's numbers, Christian, since he keeps hitting me up on my on the text line here. Let's look this up here. 21-30, 272, one touchdown, two picks. 12-27, 125, a touchdown, a pick against a really good defense. Sacked three times as well against Cleveland, so... In a two-point loss. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that we got to throw Brock Purdy out the window. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. I, he's a fine quarterback. I'm just sitting here saying that I'm guessing people are probably talking about this in San Francisco. This was once considered the best team in the NFL. Right? This was a team that's considered, oh gosh, they could go, they could only win one or they could only win, lose one game all season long and charge ahead. But last couple games, it looked a little bit. <laughs> Brian Texan, yes, they'll fall apart because Darnold sucks. Hey, I'm not saying that he. I'm not saying that he's gonna. I just think I think once again, when you have to be a distributor and not a playmaker, it may. I mean, once again, 
you you still need those people that can be the distributors, but when you have great players around you and great pieces around you, it's easier to look good. But if you can look good with average pieces around you, that makes you a MVP type player. That's my opinion. I'm not, once again, I'm not calling it, I'm not saying that it's his career. I'm saying, well, I wonder if you go into San Francisco, you turn on Sports Talk Radio, if they're talking about that. I really do. I wonder that. I'm not saying it. It's definitely been a couple of slip-up games. That's all right. And once again, part of this problem is the fact that Brock Purdy's been so, so good for pretty much an entire season now. He's been so good at limited mistakes, all that stuff, that when he does have a slip-up, people are like, "Uh uh-oh, now what? That's probably where it probably mostly comes from. But no, the year, the season for Brock Purdy, he's fine. He's going to be just fine, more than likely. But I could just see some overreaction on a Tuesday from people in the, in the San Francisco sports market. I could just see it. Almost 1,700 yards passing, 11 touchdowns, 3 picks. All 3 of those picks coming in the last 2 games. What if he throws 2 more picks in the next game for, for San Francisco? Then what? We'll just have to see and find out. Uh, before we get to break, real quickly, I wanted to highlight... Uh, a couple of quick news and notes around the Chiefs and the Broncos. Nick Bolton, linebacker, he's going to be out for the next six weeks. He has a dislocated wrist. He's going to have surgery on that, hopefully back after about six or seven weeks. Um, 28, he's sixth on the team in tackles. He's been he's already missed three games this year with an ankle injury. Uh, Drew Tranquil is going to fill in. Tranquil, by the way, leads the Chiefs in tackles and sacks. Uh, sorry, leads the team in tackles with 37 has two and a half sacks and a forced fumble for Drew Tranquil. But Nick Bolton, big speed, big speedy linebacker. Going to miss him for the next six weeks with this Chief defense, which once again has been really, really good. And also, by the way, Kareem Jackson, uh, second safety, secondary player for the Broncos, been suspended for four games due to illegal hits that he's had, some unnecessary roughness rules. So he's going to have to give up out quite a bit of money, over half a million dollars in salary. Trying to pick up more text messages here. Someone was talking about flag football. <laughs> That's a crock of you know what. Need to turn the league into flag football. What do you mean, Michael? What do you mean? I, I guess I'm, I'm 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 taking that out of context. What do you mean by that flag football? I'd like to know more on that. Once again, hit us up on our text line seven eight five eight nine nine twenty two twenty two. The text line is alive today. That's great. Um. And Brian texts in and says, Jackson needs to be gone, uncalled for, needs to be let go. Well, I don't know if they're going to let him go, but they're definitely going to find him a lot of money, Brian, that's for sure, uh, over half a million. The Kareem Jackson hits. Uh, Kareem Jackson appealing, so, yeah. Over half a million dollars. No oh, one, Brian, Brian, <laughs> Brian says he needs to turn to flag football because of the hit. I don't know, Brian, those hits are pretty bad. I don't know, I don't know, I don't think you could... This isn't the days of Steve Atwater, Steve Atwater anymore, and though you can't you can't go out there and, and hit people like that anymore. So yeah, suspensions are going to follow. That's for sure. All right, we've we've got to get to a break. Great stuff on the text line. Thanks again. Hit us up. Continue throughout the show. Seven eight five eight nine nine twenty two twenty two. We will get to a break. We come back. We'll continue our NFL conversation uh, with our good friend Nick Athen of ChiefsFocus.com. Plus, he's got some great stuff happening at ChiefsFocus.com. He wants to tell you about. We'll get to that next here on the Morning Blitz.